Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, March 30th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the latest on efforts to repeal the AUMF. Number two, TikTok finds some friends. And number three, Joe Manchin's crusade against the Biden administration. All right, Jake, let's get into it. Uh, we are leading a very packed Punchbowl News AM newsletter uh, with uh, a look at how much was going on this week. You know, Congress certainly moving at a glacial pace uh, the, from the beginning of this year to today. But uh, Wednesday was one of those frantic days that overwhelms Capitol Hill every now and again. Um you know, from the Senate voting for the first time in decades to rescind war powers granted to the president, a billionaire businessman. Uh, of course, uh, that is uh, the CEO of Starbucks getting grilled on over his union busting tactics by a Senate chair who was himself accused of becoming a millionaire while in the office. Two House members getting into a scream match about the horrific Nashville shooting. Uh, it was a, there was a lot going on. But let's talk about this AUMF effort. Yeah, so the Senate finally, after 20 years, um, has decided that the that uh, to repeal the the 2002 and 1991 AUMF against Iraq. Um, this is, uh, you know. This has been a, a long time coming by Todd Young and uh, Tim Kaine, a Democrat and a Republican, and uh, the the vote was a blowout, sixty six to thirty. Uh, and um, but the effort is going to run into I don't know if it's resistance, but complications in the House as things tend to do when they get to the House. The uh, House Foreign Affairs Committee Chair Michael McCall of Texas says he wants to uh, rewrite and modernize the post 9-11 AUMF. Um, so that's not a straight repeal. That is a let's kind of look at this and uh, make it better or make it different. Uh, that is a that's very difficult. Um, Kevin McCarthy has suggested, not said, but suggested he would put the put the repeal effort on the floor through the committee and to the floor if it got through committee. But to get to the floor, it needs to go through McCall's committee. So if McCall's not going to let it happen, uh, it's not going to get to the floor. But as we've said for a couple months now, the best place for this or the most likely place for this is the uh, NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, which sets Defense Department, uh, Pentagon, you know, military policy for for the year. Uh, McCarthy has said he wants an open amendment process. So, okay, Kevin, if you want an open amendment process, this is going to end up on the floor and this is going to get through and get in the NDAA. So, um, all of that said, uh, complications, but I just have to imagine at this point... Um, you know, maybe, maybe there's momentum behind this. So if there's momentum behind it, it probably will get done. Um, but not a sure thing. Nothing in Congress is a sure thing. And I think the dynamics you lay out are really important, right? The changes, the idea of what the Senate wants versus what the House wants is something that we uh, we go back and forth on all the time. And the, your, the concept of just, you know, uh, being unwilling to take the Senate product and they want to kind of change it does, I think, you know, potentially mean there could be some larger issues and hiccups along the way. It's not going to be a smooth sailing for a repeal of the AUMF. But here's a, here's a sure thing, Anna. Today's Thursday, March 30th. By, let's call it 2, 3 o'clock today, the House and Senate will be out for two weeks. <laughs> that is a sure thing. That is as sure of a thing as I've ever, I've ever seen because recess starts today after uh, this afternoon. 
right, let's go on to the number two story of the morning. Uh, we are looking at TikTok, a really interesting item this morning. You know, we have been covering every kind of twist and turn and uh, how terrible the public hearing was uh, for TikTok when their CEO came up to the Hill. But uh, kind of a twist on this right now, after basically seeing a lot, bit mostly uniform, uh, you know, kind of resistance to TikTok and support of some kind of a ban or, you know, different pieces of legislation getting momentum, um, looking at uh, kind of not, not only banning potentially TikTok, but other uh, foreign companies that are, you you know, creating uh, problems or, or security threats in the U.S. Today, we have an item about how uh, in recent days there have been liberals and some staunch conservatives speaking out against the effort to ban the embattled app. Let You and I disagree on this, I think, um, but I don't really have a very strong opinion. Um, it's a, I think something will pass this Congress on TikTok. I, I just do. I don't know. That just seems to be the momentum. Um, I, but I don't feel very strongly about that. Um, but let's let's put it this way. It, it's kind of interesting because the two efforts that are going on, and we'll get into this item in a second, but the two efforts that are going on right now is there's just a straight ban that's favored by Marco Rubio. And then there's a um, let's make the administration do this by Mark Warder and John Thune, and the White House supports that. Um, I find that very interesting. They kind of just want to foist it on the administration, and I understand that. Um, that seems to be a uh, an easy way out for, for Congress. Um, but there are concerns among progressives and, and some conservatives, but mostly progressives about the implication of banning the app, uh, mostly among younger younger members of Congress, people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Summer Lee, um, uh, Jamal Bowman, who has been in, in out front in suggesting that TikTok shouldn't be banned. Uh, Maxwell Frost, who is uh, the youngest member of Congress, said he's not trying to be the TikTok guy, but if we're going to do this, let's do it holistically and let's look at all social media. I, I mean, the argument against that from people like Rubio and, and people who favor the ban is that Facebook, of course, they collect data. And of course, um, you know, a, a lot of, you know, uh, social media companies collect data, but not all social media companies are um, were founded by, you know, Chinese technologists and and uh, uh, don't pose the same threat as TikTok does, but a complicated issue for sure. Yeah, and just I, I'm not saying that the, the legislation doesn't pass. I just think things can be a lot more complicated when you have a five-seat uh, majority in the House and a 51-49 Senate. All right, let's go to the number three story of the morning. Ooh, things are getting hot in here. Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, isn't very happy with the Biden administration. And he uh, this week lashed out once again, firing, uh, you know, off several different on several different areas with the administration and their handling of multiple different things. Everything from uh, the electric vehicle tax credits uh, going public in a fiery Wall Street Journal op-ed entitled Biden's Inflation Reduction Act Betrayal. Not a lot of love lost here right now between uh, the Democrat from West Virginia and the Biden administration. Manchin is um, on fire, it seems. Uh, um, the uh, uh, He's 75 years old, hasn't announced whether he'll run again in 2024, but he's certainly leaving 
his options open, Anna, because um, he is just, you know, going going ham on the Biden administration here on a whole host of things. Uh, the EV tax credits, he threatened to sue. Let's reverse on this. He's threatened to sue the Treasury Department over the uh, uh, the um, its handling of that guidance on the EV tax credit. Uh, remember, the you know, the guy had a lot of power last Congress uh, in a 50 50 Senate. Manchin was the linchpin on everything. He had veto power over the president's agenda, and he exercised it quite liberally, uh, I would say. And listen, Manchin made a good point. We talked to him last night. He said he had nothing to do with that headline, Biden's Inflation Reduction Act betrayal. Um, but uh, headline writers, Anna, it's always easy to blame the headline writers. We did it for 15 years. <laughs> I've done that years. before in my day. You know, it's yeah. the editor, right? Well, now we, now we are the headline writers, so we can't blame them. Um, uh, but... Um, he said he stands by everything else in the piece. Of course he does because he wrote it. But just uh, uh, he's going he's going pretty uh, pretty hard against the Biden administration, which will help him if he runs for re-election uh, in deep red West Virginia. All right. With that, thanks so much for listening. One quick note. Jake and I are going to be interviewing the House Problem Solvers Caucus co-chairs, Brian Fitzpatrick, the Republican from Pennsylvania, and Josh Gottheimer, the Democrat from New Jersey, on Thursday, April 20th at 9 a.m. Uh, going to be talking news of the day, challenges for business owners, trying to work across party lines in a very divided Congress. You can RSVP for that event to join us in person or on the live stream at our event hub. You can also sign up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.